We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Well, we've got a lot going on in the Lakers season right now. A lot of things to break down. And for this episode of the show, I thought, you know what? Let's let you guys pick the topic. So we just, I put it out there on Instagram, on my Insta- Instagram, at Trevor Lane NBA, as well as the at Lakers Nation official Instagram. Just said, hey, throw us some questions. We're going to open up the mailbag and devote this show to you guys and ask and answering what's on your mind. So that's what we're going to do today. Joining me today is Mike White. Mike, thanks so much for hopping on. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Glad to be, like I told you, in my spot, ready to rock again. It took too long, so I'm glad to be back. So I got to start with this, though. Before we even get into the Lakers questions, we're recording this on Tuesday. So most people are listening to this on on Wednesday, but we're recording it really the day before. Mike, you had a big day today as a Packers fan. How are you feeling right now? (laughs) Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, in my in my heart, I knew he was coming back. I knew he would end up making that decision. Ultimately, it's hard to leave Green Bay after so many years, man, and try to try and go start fresh somewhere else. And there's a lot of pressure if you go somewhere else. They're going to expect the Super Bowl right off the back. Now, I'm not saying Green Bay doesn't expect the Super Bowl, but it, it's good for him to come on back home and let's get back to work where you got that continuity. So I'm I'm a happy Packer fan today. I'm a happy Packer fan. <laughs> I want, and I'm wondering, Anthony Davis probably feeling the same. He's also yep. a Green Bay Green Bay Packer fan. It's interesting, though. He was like Aaron Rodgers on one hand, maybe retiring, but then a four-year deal. Like, the, those are just polar opposites. Blows me away. But but it got done, and so they move forward with him. Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Exciting Ooh. day in the, in the NFL today. Maybe part of why NFL news was a little bit, or NBA news was a little bit slow was because the NFL was just going nuts and NBA just said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys today. We're going to, we're going to uh, cool off for this one and then uh, we'll come back strong tomorrow. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's open up the mailbag here and let's see what we've got. Again, this is coming from my Instagram account at Trevor Lane NBA, as well as the at Lakers nation official Instagram account. Thank you for everybody who tossed in questions. I've got a few different ones that we picked out. I'm going to start with Flomentum movement said who would be an ideal third star next to LeBron and Anthony Davis in a perfect world. So not surprisingly, a lot of people in the questions were already looking ahead to next season understandable but third star next to lebron and ad if you could pick 
anybody, I suppose, any skill set. What what would we be looking for to put next to those two guys? Obviously, Russell Westbrook has not been not been it. Um, so ideally, I think we're looking for another six seven, six eight guy who can obviously defend, shoot the three, and you know be a sort of a scoring crutch for those guys when we can't get it. So. I know it's impossible, but in a perfect world, if we had a guy like Chris Middleton alongside LeBron and AD, I think that would be a perfect fit. He's a guy who can knock down shots, open shots, create off the dribble for others slowly a little bit. He plays defense. He's 6'7". He's a good size. On those nights when LeBron isn't having offensively, you can go to him. On those nights AD doesn't have it, you can go to him. So, And he doesn't need the ball. He's another guy who doesn't need the ball and could play off those two. So I think someone along those lines, even if it isn't Chris Middleton, I, I think someone who can fit that kind of build would be perfect to play alongside those guys. Agree, 100%. Just a big, switchy wing, a guy that can cover threes and fours, maybe in a pinch they could drop onto a five and not get completely uh, blown out of the water there. You're not probably going after what Russell Westbrook is, which is a ball-dominant point guard. That's not really what you need when you've got LeBron James. You just want somebody who can space the floor, can switch, do a little bit of everything defensively, provide a little bit of that scoring punch. Ironically, I mean, you could say, say Paul George, who was an option at one point, Kawhi Leonard, who was an option at one point, any of these big wings, Jimmy Butler. But again, these guys don't exactly grow on trees. These guys are very difficult to come by. So it's not like there's somebody that's just sitting out there for the Lakers to go get this offseason. But that was just the in a perfect world, stars aligned. If you could put anybody next to those two guys, it would be somebody with that skill set. So Let's move on. Let's get into, oh, Jordan Brandt. I like this one. Do you think Carmelo Anthony will be on the team next year? Carm the one veteran, I feel like, this season that has really hit for the Lakers. The one guy where we're not like, eh, maybe they should have signed somebody else in terms of the, the older guys that they signed. Carmelo Anthony has done some good things for LA this year. Does he come back next year, though? What, what are you thinking the future holds for Carmelo? Um, I think he does come back unless he decides to just retire and he's like, hey, I just can't do this anymore. With the season he's having this year, you know, shooting so well from beyond the arc, you know, having one of the better seasons for someone his age, you know, outside of LeBron James. I think he comes back to the Lakers. I think they can figure out he's shown he can fit alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, he's shown he can knock down shots in clutch situations. And even on the defensive end, you know, a lot was made of before the season on whether he could still play defense. And obviously he's no stopper or nothing along those lines. But he's shown quick hands. He's gotten blocks. He's done things that you wouldn't probably have expected Carmelo Anthony to do for you this season and score with it. So, I think he's going to come back unless, of course, he retires. But I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's still got that fight in his tank. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we want the Lakers to win a championship. But probably not going to happen this year. So I still think he's hungry. I think he'll come back and try to get it done with this team. LeBron reached out to him in the offseason, said, hey, man, I need you. So I think he's going to come back and try to get it done because obviously this year so far has been a disappointment. I think when we look at, at Carmelo, and you're absolutely right, he's still got it. He's still got it. I mean, and, and there were question marks around a lot of these guys. Can Trevor Ariza still do it? What about what about Wayne Ellington? Where What can these guys still give you? Carmelo Anthony is still providing just solid scoring. He is one of the best floor spacers on the team in terms of three-point shooting, in part because of his, his efficiency, but also because he's so good at getting that shot off. You know if that ball gets swung to him behind the three-point line and he's got 
half a foot of space that shot is going up and then defensively you're right the quick hands um he's not the best positional defender he doesn't have the quickest feet and that's we knew that coming in it wasn't an expectation that Carmelo Anthony was going to be a lockdown defender but he does mitigate it somewhat with just the anticipation he's got in the paint and then those quick hands to knock the ball away we've seen even more of that in recent weeks I think he's been a great fit would love to see him come back and you know the fans in LA love Carmelo Anthony. They just, as much as like the Russell Westbrook fan relationship, and we've talked about that a little bit today, it's kind of been rocky. Fans instantly just adopted Carmelo Anthony. He just became one of our own. And I think he would be welcome back with open arms next season. Would love to see it happen, but he's also at a stage in his career as a superstar guy who's done so much in this league. If he decides, you know what, this is it. I'm going to walk away more power to him he's he's put in an incredible career but would love to i see him back and i think that he does have another season in the tank based on what we've seen so far this year all right let's get into our next question here for really rob oh this is interesting so thoughts this is a guy that i hadn't thought about we've spent a lot of time talking about potential center targets for the Lakers, particularly at the trade deadline. A lot of people were talking about miles Turner. And so we spent some time digging into that, but he's asking, what are your thoughts on trying to acquire Rashawn Holmes this off season? He's actually, he's one of my, my favorite bigs in the NBA, just to watch just on an, you know, if you're cruising through league pass, just to go and pick up on some of his games with the Sacramento Kings. I like what he brings, but what are your thoughts on, on trying to go after a guy like him working out and, well, trying to work out another deal with Sacramento? Well, if we're looking at hopefully Sacramento is willing to work with us again. Yeah. But if we're looking at a guy like that, the first thing I think of when I think of Rashawn Holmes is just energy. Every time he's on the court, he's constantly on the boards, offensively, de defensively, giving that energy. And I think that would be something that the Lakers could definitely use. Um but ultimately, does it really tilt the scale that much for us? I don't know. I know we need a guy like that, but I think he's going to get paid. I think he's going to get paid. I think I don't know if we're going to be able to pay him what he deserves. Um, searching for maybe a younger guy who can protect the rim is kind of give you that bounce and that athleticism and that energy, I think would be the better option. But I like Rashawn Holmes. I wish we could <laughs> afford him and have him in our lineup because he's definitely one of those type one of those guys who brings the energy that's contagious throughout the team when he's playing. He's got that little floater knockdown. He's someone you always got to worry about when a shot goes up. So I like him. I just don't know if that's where we should put our money towards more for our team for next year. I just, I don't know if he tilts the scale that much. I like him. He's he's a great, he's a ball of energy, man. But we kind of in a, in a smaller scale since had a guy kind of like that. We had Montrez Harrell who was fresh off a of six-man-of-the-year award, another low-post type of guy, energy can score around the bucket. And it was good, but at times it didn't fit. And, you know, Rashawn Holmes can't really stretch the floor, so he might be in the way of AD, and we might run into some of the problems we've seen over the couple of years. So I like him. I think he's a good player, but I don't know if he is the fit for us next year. I think there's some interesting things here. Now, Rashawn Holmes, 6'10", Trez, six seven maybe six eight on a good day and mm -hmm. so that's that's a challenge for him right but Rashawn Holmes is the kind of guy that can just be that work without the ball set hard screens roll hard to the basket got enough bounce to get up and finish lobs that type of big and that 
there's some familiarity with there with that, right? Because you go back to the 2020 championship team. They had JaVale McGee. We had Dwight Howard, who was more at that stage of his career, had a little bit more bounce. Uh, you had that archetype in terms of a, a center on the roster. And so there's familiarity with that. And so I like it in that sense. Um, as far as what you have to do in a trade, next season, he's going to be making $11.2 million, which that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. 28 right. years old, 28 years old right now. So, okay. He's still probably got some, some, uh, some bounce there, but the asking price, we know he's probably going to be available. Sacramento, they picked up Domitas Sabonis. Yeah, they're, they're going to commit to him in the middle. And look, Indiana ran into a problem. Miles Turner, Sabonis together didn't work. They said, we need to trade one of them. Well, if Sabonis and Miles Turner, who can stretch out to the three-point line, and in theory, that would allow him to work with a lot of bigs, doesn't work, then Rashawn Holmes and Sabonis certainly is, is not a long-term on-paper fit. So the Kings probably have some right. motivation to move him there. If the Kings asking price, though, and salary-wise this works, is Taylor Horton Tucker in a first-round pick? Are you doing that for Rashawn Holmes? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mm. Personally, Trevor, I'm just gonna say no. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I just, Holmes for me just doesn't tilt us over. I still think we need that six eight, that six seven guy that can defend multiple positions and get. I'd rather go spend that money there. Granted, I know THT wasn't what we expected, but we also didn't put him in the best position this year to be successful. Um, I think we can find something better. I'm not totally against the trade, obviously, if, if we were ultimately not able to find something better. But I don't think I would pull the plug on that quite yet because I'm still looking for that other guy, that wing that I can go to that I know I can count on every night to give me between 18 and maybe 22 points. And I just don't think Holmes is that guy, even though he would fit something that we need, which is an athletic big. That's a good point. Like, is he if you do that move, do you feel like, OK, championship bound, here we go? I mean, he's a nice piece. Probably not. Probably not the piece that puts you over the top, but he'd be a guy that could certainly help. Yeah. Um, and then the challenge, too, is what's the plan moving forward? How often are you planning on running Anthony Davis at the center spot? If the sentiment coming out of the season is eh, AD at center, it's upping the injury risk. We tried it this season. Didn't really work. Let's push him back to the four. If that's the sentiment coming out of the season, then, okay, maybe you can put a little bit more of your resources into landing a higher tier center. But otherwise, if you're moving forward saying Anthony Davis at center, this is our future. You probably don't want to commit $11.2 million to the center position. It's kind of, it almost reminds me, and we've talked to, I've talked about this before. 
the center position in the NBA, unless you've got a guy who's truly exceptional, who is just head and shoulders better than everybody else, or they can stretch out and shoot the three and give you that versatility or defend on the perimeter. If they're just the traditional plotting back to the basket big, they can set some screens, rebound a little bit and block some shots at the rim. That type of guy, it's almost like the running back position in the NFL where you can get yourself into trouble if you overpay for a center in today's NBA. Right. And, and again, centers in this in this league when when you've got so much teams going small balls with the exception of a few teams who have outstanding centers obviously Embiid and Jokic guys of that nature but once you go small ball I'm sure Laker fans you guys have seen unless your center can really get out there and move and have that lateral foot speed he's going to be a liability defensively most traditional centers aren't really good mid-range shooters or three-point shooters if that so you got a guy out there, sometimes you're going to be playing five on four, and you don't want to run into that issue. Again, Holmes is great. He would get us rebounds, which is something that we need. He would provide that presence down low. But if we got to allocate some money somewhere, I'd rather it be on a guy who, if LeBron or AD is off that night, I know can carry me to the finish line. Yeah, so it's it's not even a... It's not necessarily a Holmes would be a bad fit. It's uh, in terms of the the roster, con, in terms of constructing a team, putting it together, you might be better off using those assets in a, in a different way. But interesting idea and maybe one mm, to, to yeah. keep in mind. And of course, it would have, you know, Sacramento would have to be willing to deal with the Lakers again <laughs> after the Lakers at the last minute said, no, just kidding. We don't want Buddy Heald anymore. We want Russell Westbrook. A uh, last thing I'll say on this contractually, this is important to note, Rashawn Holmes makes $12 million in 2023-24. Then he's got an option the next year. Uh, it is a player option for $12.8 million. The Lakers, as of right now, they have their salaries set up, so they've got a ton of cap space, not this summer, but next summer. And so he would eat into that. It's possible the Lakers are going to burn through that this summer anyway, but just something to keep in mind. You would have to be willing to sacrifice some of the cap space that you've been very careful to keep clear for the summer of 2023, if you were to make a move to, to get him. So just something to keep in mind when we're looking at the Lakers offseason moves, or of course, we're going to be talking about their cap situation a lot. But as of right now, they've got the possibility of having a mountain of cap space in 2023 to completely reset their roster. So it would take probably saying we're not going to do that anymore and, and parting with that plan if you're going to make a move for a guy like Rashawn Holmes, which maybe they end up doing. Um, all right, I've got my guy Scorpio Sky from AEW sent this message over. Said, would love to hear about potential Westbrook uh, options and summer head coach options. So let's start with Russell Westbrook. Obviously, it hasn't worked. He's got a $47 million player option. He's picking that up. There's no, there's no chance that he's going to say no thank you to $47 million. Nobody else is going to pay him that. He picks that up. What should the Lakers do from there with them? I mean, I guess you you have three options. You either waive him and potentially stretch his salary. You try to find a trade for him or you bring him back for one more year as an expiring contract. So, Mike, if you're if you're Rob Palenka, what do you do with Russ this summer? Um, I, I think the obvious move is, is you try to trade him. All right. He's in the last year of his contract expiring deal. Go out there and see what you can find. Some teams could still use Westbrook. I know he's had a disappointing year, but some teams could use a guy who can push the pace, who's going to be there every night, who's going to provide that energy, you know, create for others. So whether you're bringing back a star where you have to pair some picks with it 
or you're bringing back a multitude of players who maybe fit better around LeBron and AD. I think that's option number one. You have to look to trade him. I'm not really of the business of waiving him or stretching out his salary over the next couple of years because I don't want that cutting into the salary for the Lakers at all. So I would rather just trade him, even if it leaks into next year. Let's say you can't find it during the summer and you got to try to make it work. Still try to put those pieces around LeBron and AD. One of the biggest mistakes we made this summer is obviously going with some older fellas this year. I've Go into this offseason saying, hey, okay, we made that mistake. We tried to right our ship too wrong. Let's go out here and see what we can find. Let's put some younger players. We've got guys like Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson to build with, so let's put the right players around him and the right amount of veterans. But you, you got to trade Westbrook. You don't want that money counting against you. You don't want to do any of that. You need to make his money count towards something for your future. So if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm, I'm on the phone I'm going through the rosters right now. I'm doing whatever I can to find a trade for him to make sure that we put something around LeBron and AD while we still got him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's option A. That's that's the clear cut top option for the Lakers is you try to find a trade for him. Now, if you can't, maybe you find yourself having to go down that that wave road. That I mean, the Lakers July first, Lou Aldang. Finally comes off their Finally. Bus. Finally. <laughs> I, I've been Lakers fans have been asking me for years when do when does Luol Dang's salary come off the books? I've got an alarm set on my phone to remind to remind me, like to celebrate Luol Dang's contracts off the books. I can't see the Lakers turning around saying, Yay, we got rid of Luol Dang. Okay, let's put whatever it's gonna be, fifteen million of dead money from Russell Westbrook on the books if no, they were sir. to wave no, him and sir. stretch that. That's that's tough. That's tough to just basically say, okay, we're going to have $15 million less than just about every other team to go spend on the on the market. That's not what you want to, to build a roster with. So you try to find a trade if you can. It won't be easy. $47 million is a lot of money, but you try to see what's out there, try to get a deal done. And this might be where you have to depart from that cap space plan because the room that you have in 2023, you might have to sacrifice that in order to incentivize another team to take on Russell Westbrook. Because you can say, look, Russ, 47 million, but it expires this year. We'll take players A, B, and C from you, who we think are better fits for our team, but their contracts go past 2023. And we'll take on that money past 2023 in exchange for you taking on Russ. You guys get your cap clear next year. We get some guys that we think fit better and off we go. That's probably the scenario that I see the Lakers going towards. Um, Scorpio also asked about the the coach question. I don't know who's going to be out there. It really depends on who gets let go, um, that sort of thing. We know the Lakers tend to stay within their family tree. I really don't know. I, I think the odds are very high that Frank Vogel is let go. Who replaces him, though? It's anybody's guess at this point. And I think I would hope anyway, that it's going to be an exhaustive process for the Lakers. They're going to leave no stone unturned and figure out who the right fit truly is. Yeah. I have no clue where coaching is going to go this summer. I mean, I've heard some rumors that Frank Vogel could find his way back, but at the same time, just we got to see who gets fired, who decides to come back to the coach, things of that nature. But um, I, I do know that whoever does take this position is going to be immediately <laughs> under the fire, under pressure. So it, it it's going to take some time, man. They're going to have to really go through a thorough process and find a guy not only who 
your stars, LeBron James and AD, like, but who can take these role players and make them mesh this time and get back to where we were two years ago. We'll see. We'll see who's at the helm next year. But I think the Lakers are going to have their work cut out for them, finding the right fit at the head coach spot. Uh, a couple of questions here that have a uh, they're pretty similar. So I just put them together. Uh, question says, LeBron continues to, to test father time. In retrospect, should we have traded for Russell Westbrook or traded Russell Westbrook just to try, just to try something different? And then another question said, is John Wall that much of a downgrade from Russ at this point? So should the Lakers have just gotten John Wall? There was a rumor that came out recently that the coaching staff was in favor of doing that. They were actually pushing the front office to trade Russell Westbrook and get John Wall instead. Looking back now with where things are at this moment, should they have just sacrificed a future first and, and gotten John Wall instead of hanging on to Russ at the trade deadline? I mean, it's easy to say that now, seeing how, how things haven't improved after the All-Star break. But at the same time, guys, we got to remember we haven't seen John Wall play. You know, we can hear he's this and he's that and he's playing. But until you see that guy in the NBA game and not just one, two, three weeks of action proving that he can stay healthy, I just don't know how I can trade Westbrook, who's played every game. And granted, it's been rough. It's not It's not what we expected it to be. But I'm thinking from it from the perspective of back then, who knows what could have happened after the All-Spray. What if we come out and we rattle off four or five, six in a row? Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, perspectives change. So, no, I, I think it was good for us to wait, see what happens. Obviously, so far, not so good. But hey, we can go into the summer. I'm still that trade. I'm sure that trade is still going to be available for John Wall. Now, if you would have told me the John Wall and Christian Wood, then I'd have been like, mm, yeah. I might have thought about that one because you because then it's like, okay, I'm getting Christian Wood, another big who can a, a big that we need. He can knock down the three ball, hit mid range shots, so you could play him and AD together. They can play off each other, and when AD's not there, he can give you a semblance of what AD provides, if not a better shooter, obviously. So that one I probably would have looked at, but the just straight up John Wall one with that pick right off the rip, and we haven't seen John Wall play, and who knows how long. I I, I can't make that move. Westbrook, hey, he, he may have been disappointed this year, but he's played every single game and is given that effort. And I can't say the same about John Wall. So I wouldn't have pulled it yet. Well, he he missed one game right before the trade deadline. Yeah, but compared um, to LeBron and AD, that's been pretty remarkable, right? I mean, he's been right. very, very available for this team. And I'm in agreement. I think I think your best bet is holding those assets until the summer. Of course, the counter argument is, well, aren't you then wasting another season of LeBron? Maybe, but I think that was we're past that point now. I think that was the case no matter what. Um, there wasn't a trade on the table that would have magically fixed everything for the Lakers this season, John Wall or not. Um, even if you do trade for John Wall, I don't think that suddenly, you know, poof, magic wand and the Lakers are a championship contender. I don't think nah. he makes that kind of a difference with this team, the way it's currently constructed. So you're better off waiting until the summer. Maybe that trade's still on the table. And if it comes to it, you do it then. And then, and maybe you can do it without adding in that future first or do something else. And then you can really construct a roster around those particular pieces rather than just try to add John Wall into what they've got right now, which hasn't been working. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Mm. All right. Uh, Chris Southam, I wanted to mention this, said, big fan from Australia. I miss the live shows, but always listen to the podcast the next morning. Chris, thank you so much. Um, one of the things, and I threw this in here because... I've been so blown away by the global expansion of the game of basketball, of Lakers fandom in particular. It is so incredible how many fans we get from around the world that are listening and, and watching and tuning in and getting getting involved in Lakers Nation. It's absolutely incredible. It blows me away. So thank you so much for, uh, for joining us from Australia. Uh, the Quiet West said, should Russell Westbrook take a break from basketball? Like, should he take a couple weeks off? Or should the Lakers just do, which, by the way, I think it was Kendrick Perkins talked about this today as well, said, just send him home. Should the Lakers just, I don't want to say exile, but send Russell Westbrook home and say it hasn't worked? Uh, let's get you, since he's obviously, things are not going well with fans and it's affecting his family and all that kind of stuff. Should Are we at a point where you just say, you know what, hasn't worked for either side, Russ, go chill at home for the rest of the season. We'll run this thing out, and then we're going to figure out what to do with you this summer. Is that should that be the path the Lakers go down? Um, no, I don't think the Lakers should do that. I, I think you finished the season out. Look, you set out to the season to win a championship. Obviously, things haven't gone the way you wanted it to go, but finish the season out strong. You know, finish on some some momentum. Yeah, Westbrook may be gone next year, and, and he may be having a tough time with the crowd right then, but. I mean, to me, just in my opinion, if Westbrook goes home and gives in and says, OK, I'm not going to show up because of this or that or what people are saying, man, you've let them win. In my opinion, you've let them win. Nah, come out and do your thing. Do do what you've been doing your whole life. Come play basketball. Yeah, you've had a disappointing season. Yeah, it hasn't been what you expected, but you can go out with your pride, at least in my opinion. Now, from a Lakers perspective, you need to play him because let's say for some reason you can't find a trade. Or well, let's say for some reason you end up not waving him because you don't want to, um, you don't want to ruin that space coming up. Okay, he's accepting forty-seven. Mil. I'm not throwing <laughs> throwing away forty-seven mil, so I know Westbrook not throwing away forty-seven mil. So for some reason he's back on your squad next year. You've got to build something. Obviously, you're gonna fix the pieces around him, and maybe that it might just take that to finally push everybody where they need to be, and maybe we'll have some success because the role players were a big part of the problem this year not just Russell Westbrook. So no, finish the season out. Try to continue to figure things out. Play hard. Do what you got to do, whether it be off ball or on ball. Finish it out strong and maybe we'll, maybe something good will happen. You never know if you just give up and go home. And, and, and I don't think that's a, an attribute someone playing for the Lakers should have. I think he should finish it out. Agreed 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I also think it speaks to, this is something I talked to Alan Slew about recently. Um, I think the, the number one desire I have for this team for the remainder of the season, what I want to see most, it's not even so much wins and losses. Just go out there and give it everything. Give it everything yep. each night. Put forth that effort because there's been games where we haven't seen that from them. And I think that that's in particular what has upset Lakers fans. The wins, the losses, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's going to be upsetting. Even if they're going out there giving 100% every single night. If the, if the record is what it is right now, people are going to be upset. There's no there's no getting around that. But I think what's really pushed this season to another level is seeing nights where the Lakers' effort wasn't there, where the intensity, the attention to detail wasn't there. And so I think that speaks to that bigger picture of, hey, if you're going to finish this thing out, if it's not going the way that we wanted it to go, at least finish it the right way. 
and put forth your very best effort. And that goes for Russell Westbrook, that goes for every individual, but also goes as a team. All right, let's finish things out with this last question. Philip MVP said, can we extend Austin Reeves this summer? Um, so I'll just speak in terms of the, the contract and what that looks like right now. So Austin Reeves, there's a team option on his deal next year. Off the top of my head, I believe it's for $1.5 million. After that, he would be a restricted free agent. The Lakers would have to give him a qualifying offer, but then he would be a restricted free agent. The Lakers would be able to match any offer. What the Lakers could do if they really wanted to, if they had cap room, is they could decline his team option this summer, use cap room to give him a raise, and sign him to a longer-term deal. Essentially, would be betting on he's going to be better this next season, uh, and his value next summer when he's a, a restricted free agent is just going to be that much higher. So by paying him now, maybe we can get a little bit of a discount on a long-term deal with him. However, the Lakers don't have cap room this year. So it's not really an option contractually. It doesn't make sense. But they're also, I know that when, when we see a player do well, the knee-jerk reaction from fans is, okay, great, this guy's good. Let's hang on to him. How do we keep this guy? Don't let this guy get away. The Lakers are in a good position there with Austin Reeves because, again, you play out next season on that team option, $1.5 million, small contract, helps you build out your roster a little bit. Let's not forget they don't have this cap, they don't have cap space, so you need guys that are on cost-control deals. Next offseason, when you do have some cap room, he hits restricted free agency, and then off you go from there. And in restricted free agency, as long as you're willing to pay him, you're not going to lose the guy. So that risk isn't there. Anyway, that's my long-winded take on that. But, Mike... What's your overall take on, on Austin Reeves? Is this a guy the Lakers should be like penciling in for the long term at this point, based on what we've seen this season? I think so. Um, I think we, we learned a hard lesson when we lost Caruso this year and we let him walk and we, we miss his impact. We miss the way he played and how he played alongside LeBron James. So here we are. We've Lakers scouting staff have done another great job. You get a guy like Austin Reeves, a guy who wants to be in L.A., um, in my opinion, he's playing better as the season has progressed. He's starting to offensively show more things and be more aggressive with his shot. And, I, and we already know about the defense and the effort. I think this is a guy you invest in. Now, am I saying he's going to be a max player or a big-time money guy like that? No. But I do think you wait a couple more years. Let's see. Let's see how far his offense gets. You know, let's see how much better he gets on defense. You know, let's see a year in the weight room, NBA level, how he builds into his body. So when he's going to guard against some of these other guards he has trouble against, maybe he'll get strength and he'll learn little tricks to be able to keep up with them. I mean, I know you guys remember when Caruso first came in, he was good at defense, but then he hit the gym over one summer and all of a sudden he was bigger, you know what I'm saying? He was able to take on, you know, more tougher matchups. So I'm not saying Reeves is going to be exactly Caruso or ever be that defensive type of guy, but we've seen him on the court. We've seen what he could do. We've seen his hustle. We've seen how he plays alongside LeBron James. He's worked his way from not playing to being a starter now. So I think this is a guy you invest in. You, you could tell when a guy gets out there on the court, if if he should be out there and if he knows what he's doing and playing basketball. Some guys can get out there and run up and down the court, but you can really tell the guys who know what they're doing. And I think Austin Reeves is one of those guys. So in my opinion, Lakers keep him, keep him around for a few years, see what he becomes. And hopefully he's a guy who can help us for the next couple of years and then some. I laughed when you mentioned Caruso getting in the gym because do you remember the Photoshop <laughs> picture that went around? That's it. 
That's instantly what I thought of when I said that. <laughs> it made it made Alex Caruso look like like the Captain America scene when like he gets the super soldier serum and he, yep. and he comes out of the chamber and, and suddenly it's Chris <laughs> Evans and he's just ripped and all that. He looked like that. And then of course the NBA follows it up with a with a drug test after they saw that picture of him. Hey, come on in. We need yeah. that. <laughs> uh Caruso wound up having to take a drug test because of a photoshopped picture of him that just looked he looked like, you know, Caruso hulked out. But in any event, I agree with you on Austin Reeves. I think this guy can be a long-term fit. I especially like that he's moved into the starting lineup now. Hopefully that continues to be a thing for the remainder of the season. I think he just makes winning plays on both ends of the floor. And again, I, I don't think the Lakers, as long as they decide this is our guy moving forward, contractually, they're in really good shape to keep him long-term, regardless of, you know, getting an extension done this offseason. Don't think that's in the cards. But the following summer, they can make him a restricted free agent, go from there. There wouldn't be a risk then of losing him. All right, everybody. Agreed. That's that's it for today. That's it for this show. Appreciate everybody who contributed questions and comments. We didn't get to all of them, but you know, we can't be here all day. So appreciate everybody who submitted all of those to us. Mike, thank you so much for coming on here, man. Appreciate it. Always fun to chat to Lakers basketball with you. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do it again. Sounds great. Everybody out there in Lakers Nation, make sure you do subscribe to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. Also, hit up Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I love going through there and reading those. Preferably a five-star review. Certainly wouldn't hurt if you gave us one of those. And toss a little a little uh, review in there. You can type in something. Let us know what you think about the show. And if you're a listener over on Spotify or any of the other podcast apps, just follow us there. Give us a little rating. We certainly appreciate that as well. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.